welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 13, Be Your Own Breastfeeding Advocate. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, friends. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for another episode. I have to tell you, I am a mama just like probably you are too. That's why you listen to this podcast. And sometimes it's tricky to set aside the time to come and record a podcast But after I do, I'm always so happy. And especially today, I came to record a podcast and I noticed that there was a new review. And thank you so much for those of you who take the time to leave a review. That helps um, with the rankings in Apple Podcasts and it helps other mamas find this podcast and decide if it's right for them. And so this one was so nice. I want to read it. Amy1118, thank you so much. You made my day. You said, I love Bree's Instagram and now her podcast. I've learned so much from this podcast and feel a lot more empowered in my breastfeeding journey. Bree offers really tangible and manageable advice on specific topics. And I appreciate that each episode is straightforward and to the point. And then in parentheses, she said, and the perfect amount of time to listen to during a nursing session. Oh my gosh, Amy, I love that so much. I actually never even put that together, that these episodes are almost about exactly as long as it takes to breastfeed a baby. So that's so great. Thank you so much for that. I'm glad that you're loving these quick, straightforward podcasts. I have more good stuff for you today. I have topics honestly coming out of my ears and sometimes I don't know which topic is best to choose to talk on next, but what I'm starting to learn through this journey of having my own business and figuring out the best way to serve you all and help you all through your breastfeeding and parenting journey is to just trust my gut and to trust my intuition. And what I've really learned is that no one really knows what they're doing. Sometimes you look at other professionals, other so-called experts, others um, in all different fields who are doing well. And it's so easy to say like, oh, they've got it all figured out. They knew exactly what to do and I don't know what to do. And what I've learned is that pretty much nobody knows what they're doing. Basically, everyone is just making it up as they go along. And isn't that true for us all? I mean, think about the first time you became a mom and they handed you a baby. Did you really know what to do with that baby? No, you just kind of figured it out along the way. And then that baby all of a sudden becomes a toddler and you don't know what to do with the toddler. You just figure it out as you go along. And then through every stage up through a teenager, my kids are not teenagers yet. I have some plans in place for when they become teenagers, but really I 
don't know how to be a mom of teenagers and I'm just gonna keep following my gut and my intuition and just keep figuring it out along the way. That um, One thing I learned at the end of nursing school, I'm a registered nurse, and um, one thing that they told us was never tell somebody, hey, this is my first time doing this. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're about ready to get like a big shot right in your butt and your nurse says, hey, I've never done this before. Just so you know, this is the first time I've ever done this you probably just wouldn't even want to know, right? (laughs) So it's one of those fake it till you make it. And I've done that in my life as a mom, as a nurse, as a lactation consultant, even with just doing this podcast, I don't really know how to do a podcast, but I'm just figuring it out and kind of making up my own rules and trying to not get so caught up in what everyone else is doing. Sure, I look at others in this industry who are doing well with podcasts and I listened to them for years and I took notes and I kind of put together what I wanted to do with my podcast and now here I am and this is such a fun time. So enough about that. Let's talk about our topic today. I kind of went back and forth with what to call this. I thought about calling it, um, you're the driver in your breastfeeding journey, (laughs) but then I ended up going with, you know what? You are your own breastfeeding advocate. And if you don't know what an advocate is, I looked up the definition online And pretty much what it says is a person who speaks or writes in support of defense of a person, cause, etc. It could be a person who pleads for or in behalf of another, um, someone who kind of steps in and steps up for you. So I really learned this term as a nurse. I worked for a lot of years on different floors, on medical surgical floors, but mostly a postpartum floor. And I worked a lot of night shifts since I had such young kids that I needed to be home with during the day to take care of. And so I really learned about being an advocate because your nurse is the one who is there with you all night long, staying up from 7 p.m. to 7 (laughs) a.m. Side note, I hope I never have to go back to working night shifts ever again. So hard to stay up all night. That stretch from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., you guys, that's the hardest stretch. I always felt like if I could make it from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., it was all downhill from there. (laughs) I could do it. I could make it through the rest of the shift. But your nurse, she's the one who is there with you all night long, filling your fundus, giving you medications, helping you get up and get to the bathroom. She's right there next to you. And if you are in need of something, maybe a new medication, for example, your nurse is the one who calls up the doctor in the middle of the night, your doctor who's probably home in his or her bed, (laughs) sleeping soundly. And your nurse is the one who says, Hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. This is what I'm seeing with my patient here. We feel like this medication would be a good fit. Would you be willing to write an order? 
And so you can quickly see how a nurse is someone who is an advocate for a patient. But there are times where it's going to be necessary to be your own advocate and to stick up for yourself and to help guide your breastfeeding and your parenting journey. So the first tip that I want to give you all today in being your own advocate is have a plan in place. Okay. (laughs) So when I talk about being an advocate, I mean, being your own advocate through the entire parenting journey. So being your own advocate when you first become pregnant, maybe you're even having trouble getting pregnant. You're having trouble with infertility. You can be your own advocate through infertility, through pregnancy, through the labor and delivery process, through postpartum, through breastfeeding, through any time in your child's life when you take them to the doctor and you are the one who is sticking up for them and fighting for what they need. Really, your job as an advocate is just beginning. (laughs) So is mine as well. But it's really important to have some sort of plan in place. And I find that most families are pretty good at having a birth plan in place. And, you know, to that point, there's even so many families who don't even have a birth plan. They just think, hey, when I go into the hospital, I'll just do what the nurses tell me and I'll do what my doctor tells me. And I just, I'm sure it'll all be great. I'll just get the baby here and whatever happens, happens. And what I would like to offer to you is that it may be a better plan to Think about how you want your journey to go because you are the driver. You're in the driver's seat and others, other healthcare professionals are just there to help guide you on your journey. Their job is to not get into the car and drive for you. So in order for you to drive the car, you do need to have some sort of education um, on the topics and some sort of plan in place of what you would like to have happen. And sure, plan A doesn't always go according to plan. For example, like I would love my teenagers to just be super respectful and always do what I say, but that's probably not going to be the case. So I'm going to have a couple other plans in place and I'm going to listen to other healthcare professionals who know a lot about communicating with children and great ways to discipline and and be a parent and I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to put some plan B's in place and some plan C's in place as I'm navigating through the journey and again just following my own gut and intuition. So going back to birth plans, birth plans are great but what about a plan for everything that comes after? Because after you have the baby, that's when things become really real. (laughs) And labor only lasts so long. But once that baby is put into your arms, that's an 18-year commitment. I'm saying 18 years as a minimum. Could be even longer. Am I right? So let's do a little bit of planning for what comes after. 
I want you to think about educating yourself first so you know what your options are. You cannot have a choice if you don't know what your choices are. Again, this is your journey. The others are helping guide you, but don't let them drive the car. You are the driver, but you can still be open to other suggestions. But in the end, you have to make the best choice for you. Okay, let me give you a couple of good examples about this. One that comes to mind is when to bathe your baby. There have been many instances that I've heard of where very soon after birth, a baby gets a full bath. Now, looking at what research tells us, we know that it's beneficial for babies to not have a bath right away, especially for babies who are breastfeeding. Because after the bath, after all the excitement and the crying of getting a bath, babies kind of go into hibernation mode. And it's going to be really tricky for you to get breastfeeding off to a good start if your baby is wiped out from all the excitement of getting a bath. (laughs) So what's going to be more beneficial is for you to get a good latch established and at the very least to get a few good feeds under your belt before bathing your baby. Plus, did you guys know that the vernix, kind of that cheesy coating, it's not really cheese, by the way, but it's cheesy looking coating on your baby is actually very protectant of your baby's skin. And it's also a very familiar smell. It smells like inside the womb. So studies have shown that babies who have the bath delayed have less crying time overall. So you can see how just a little bit of education on how delaying the bath, even for just a short time, could have so many benefits. When otherwise, you could just be a new parent in the hospital and your nurse could say, hey, we're going to do the bath right now. I know your baby was just born, but we just want to do it right now and get that off of our checklist. As a new parent, you might just say, okay, whatever, you know, whatever you say is best, go ahead and do it. But as a parent who is educated and advocates for herself, you could say, you know what, is it okay if we actually breastfeed right now and could we just do the bath tomorrow? We we're not in a rush to do the bath and we would just like to get breastfeeding off to a great start first and just really focus on bonding right now. So would you mind if we just wait and do the bath tomorrow? Totally reasonable, right? There's no reason why that can't happen. And you know what, you guys, there's actually so many families who just never do the bath in the hospital or the birth center. They do it later on uh, at home. So again, when you choose to do the first bath is completely up to you, whether it's on day two or day three, or maybe even at 24 hours or on week one or week two, whenever that's going to be, I can't say because you're going to know the right time to bathe your baby. But again, just knowing that delaying the bath for at least 24 hours and the benefits that it can bring with bonding and breastfeeding and making sure that your baby doesn't have low blood sugar or low, low um, body temperature, That is a great way that you can really advocate for yourself in the hospital. Another one that I see so often 
is with babies who are having trouble latching in the very beginning. And a lot of times formula will be offered in those very, very early hours. So what I like to teach families that I work with is, hey, did you know that you can simply just hand express your colostrum, that first breast milk, into something as simple as a plastic spoon and just put it into your baby's mouth and that will get you by just fine until your baby perks up and is able to latch on and transfer that milk on her own. That simple piece of information can be absolutely transformative and change your entire experience with breastfeeding by starting you out on the right foot, which PS, if you do not know about hand expression, you need to get over to my Instagram page at breezy babies. There's two underscores between breezy and babies. And you need to learn how to hand express. I have a highlight bubble saved on my bio where you can click on it and learn how to do that. Again, this is such helpful, basic information where if you just know how to do something as simple as hand expression, you can be an advocate for yourself in the hospital and say, you know what, actually, we don't need formula right now. Maybe, you know, down the road, give us a few more hours. Maybe we'll need it then. But for now, we are going to try hand expressing and getting that colostrum to our baby. And you guys, I have had clients who have done this before and their nurses were so impressed with them (laughs) and the information that they knew and also that they knew how to hand express before even having a baby. That can be you too. I want that to be you. I know that can be you. I know that you can have this information for yourself as well. Okay, tip number two is consult a professional. Pediatricians, OBGYNs, nurses, CNAs, just to name a few, the list could go on and on, have very limited training on breastfeeding. It's nothing against them. You guys, I worked as a nurse myself for five years and helped women with breastfeeding day in and day out. And there was so much information that I just didn't know about. For example, I had no idea that tongue ties and lip ties were even a thing never even considered it, never even looked for it in any possible way. And it's something that I know about now that I've had all the extensive training on lactation that I've gone through. So your nurses, your doctors, they have a list a mile long of things that they need to do to take care of you and make sure that you are doing well and your baby is doing well. And breastfeeding and lactation in general is such a tiny, tiny, tiny part of their training. So that means that if you are needing help with breastfeeding or lactation or anything related to those two things, please reach out to a professional. Not all lactation consultants have been trained. In the state where I live, you could just wake up one morning. I live in Utah, by the way. You literally could just wake up one morning and say, I feel like I'm going to be a lactation consultant and you can call yourself that and nobody can take that away from you. Now that is why there is a huge difference between a lactation consultant and an IBCLC. An IBCLC has so much more training, hours, all of the things specific towards lactation. So again, if you are needing help, look for help in the right places. 
things like formula, nipple shields, breast pumps, all of those things have their place and they are so helpful, but sometimes they can be used when it's not necessary. My third tip for you kind of goes hand in hand with the tip before, but it is have somebody in your corner. Now this doesn't have to be an IBCLC. It doesn't have to be a healthcare professional. It's even better if it's someone like your partner, your spouse, your sister, your neighbor, someone who has the same goals in mind when it comes to breastfeeding and can be in your corner and stick up for you in those times when it's feeling really hard. Because during the postpartum period, there are a lot of shifts and hormones going on. There's a huge change in your body happening. And there is also a huge lack of sleep happening. (laughs) So on those times when it feels tricky to be an advocate for yourself, this is when you turn to who you have in your corner and you have them back you up and stick by your side. And you guys, this support is going to get you to your breastfeeding goals. I just know it. If you feel like you do not have someone in your corner, I would love for that to be me. I connect with all of you on Instagram, on my website, breezybabies.com. What I've been doing a lot of lately is putting together some personalized pumping plans, and that has been so fun to connect with you all in that way. I guess our time is already up. This has been so fun. I hope that you have the most wonderful day. Remember that you are strong, you are smart, you are beautiful, and you are a good friend to all. Thanks again for coming to hang out, Mama. I appreciate your time, and I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. We'll see you later. Bye.